Welcome to the Cosmic Brew Show! Yeah, yeah, yeah. What's up, brother Cos? How are you, my man? I'm well. I'm well. It's been too long. Can we take 60 minutes and just catch up? We could. I don't know if it would be our highest rated show, but I guess once they already... It wouldn't uh, be our lowest. <laughs> it wouldn't be our lowest. It wouldn't be our lowest. The lowest would be that one time where we, we got done recording it and we might have drank too much. And I think we said, yeah, we can't do that one. Yeah. Well, there was also, remember there was the, when the early days we had the one that sounded like we did it in a cave, had that crazy echo. <laughs> I think did we release it anyway. We did. Oh, yeah, we did. <laughs> we did. That's how I know. They'll That's love it. That's how I knew it sounded equally bad. My father-in-law was like, dude, what, what, what happened there with the show? It sounded like you guys were... Stat Boy like, took the day crazy. off, left the tech to brew. It was a mess. No, um, it's good to have you back. Do a show in the canyon. Don't do it at the Grand Canyon. That's yeah, right. Story. So um, it's been a bit, so uh, we should address that. We've been um, working really, really hard. I happen to have a newborn, so screw y'all. Um, it's been uh, you know up and down, up and down, up and down as far as sleep goes. And um, cause we finally get back on the air. So uh, that's exciting. I hope we can do this more often. Indeed. So uh, we have a bunch of stuff going on in the NBA. Um, but last night was a, a, a night of big games. So we're going to touch on last night's games. Uh, interesting topic you pinged my way is the uh, where the heck are all the American born white players in the hey. NBA? I, I was like about to go to bed and you, you texted over the show notes and I was like, holy moly. So I had to, to look around and I'll, I'll let you know what I found uh, okay. in that right. area. Um, we've got, I want a disclaimer. I, I have not, that is not an original thing I thought of. I, I did. There was a story on this maybe like 10 years ago or something like that, or maybe, maybe like eight years ago. I saw something. I, 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 I think you're you're probably off the hook for the plagiarism. <laughs> <laughs> um, we're also going to talk some trades because I think trade seasons cooking. And um, you also, thank you very much, cause you you one of the two names I just thought was really you know a good name to talk about because a lot of this trade stuff just gets me down. It's very boring. Yeah. Like none of it ever happens. Half of it's just teams trying to pawn off their crap. And fan bases that are either ill-informed or media that are ill-informed will say, by all means, we'd love to have Kevin Love and give you a first-round pick. Right. Um, we're, we're, what else we have on the on the radar here? Oh, it was last time. Oh, yes, 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 yes. Sorry, my notes are, are all scribble. The, who the heck the best team in the NBA is? And we got to see a lot of that play out last night. So um, we'll get into all that. And But I did want to ask you, sir, have you had a chance to see James Wiseman? The um, kid from Memphis? Yeah. Um, no, he was suspended before I got to watch them. Have you and... seen the Tom Steyer ads on television? St- the, the guy, the rich guy? The, <laughs> yeah, the rich. president? Yes, I have. <laughs> I think if you haven't seen anything, if you haven't seen James Wiseman, I just I'm curious because he's like the the college player that, that that the league is talking about right now. Obviously, he just um, basically I, I don't know I don't know the the technical terms, but he basically quit or he hired an agent is what he did because yeah. he was in trouble with the NCAA for yeah. some stupid reason and. Yeah. 
Um, you know, there's always, I think, in December of, of every year, the league will like focus on one college player or three college players that are going to be the guys that are, that are talked about next year. James Wiseman is apparently the guy that everybody's tanking for. Yeah, I didn't get a chance to see him. I know that they're pretty high on him. It's really, I really, it's really interesting over the next couple of years what's happening because you know Penny Hardaway is the coach down there, and he's assembled his staff. I haven't looked at them this year, but I know last year his staff was Sam Mitchell, uh, Mike Miller. <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> yeah, he's he's loaded up on NBA former players and coaches. And he's been able to nail some big fish because he's like people go to Kentucky and Duke and, you know, they think because they think that that's their only route to getting to the NBA, which is pretty ridiculous since the NBA has their eye on these guys since they're like 14. But he's coming in with these loaded staff saying like, dude, not only are you going to get to the NBA, but we're going to tell you how to maintain a career in the NBA if you come to Memphis and play for me. And uh, Juwan Howard up in Michigan actually has snatched a couple of guys too. So it's it's going to be interesting how those those blue chip schools, you know, how Coach K, North Carolina, and um, Kentucky can figure out a way back in. Because if I, you know, like to to give you know credit to Calipari or Coach K for some of these guys' careers in the NBA, I always think it's hilarious, you know, because you're like, dude, they played there for one year and everyone knew they're going to be the number one pick when they were 16 years old, you know? <laughs> Those, it strikes me as that, that being like a kind of a cottage industry that will get toppled in like the next five to 10 years because in, in the big, too big to fail vein, you know, in, in the wine cellar vein, if you were watching last night's debates. <laughs> I did not. I did not. Did you not watch? Last night was, okay, I was not going to watch it because, of course, it's terrible and boring. Um, And not that I'm not engaged in politics. It's just these things are stupid and hilarious at the same time. But they started firing at each other last night. And it was great because it was right after somebody said, you know, the the mid-break analysis. They were just like, this is a very quiet debate. Not much going on. And then they went at each other. Um and and wine cellars, of course, is just like the elite of um, the, the the discussion on elites and all of that. It was very hilarious and terrible. But um, those guys in the NCAA have been really riding a gravy train as far as shoe money, <clears throat> oh, yeah. just paving the way for big schools to dominate. Right. And so you do get, you know, I, I, to me, it, it, it's, if you were an NBA player, former NBA player, if you had those guys that you mentioned that could just come in and be on staff, I mean, yeah, you're giving them a hell of an education about right. NBA basketball, which is why right. they're there. And right. um, yeah, it's, it just seems to me like, A, you can have guys like that come in and turn things upside down. But it just, with the way the NCAA is going and, and everybody sort of the way that they feel about money and in, in the NCAA, that all tipping, I mean, heck you have Gavin Newsom out there, governor of yeah. California, basically going toe to toe with Mark Emmert and winning, I think yeah. in, in the uh, optics game. So things could, could turn upside down and I, and it'll be fun to watch coach K and, um, Oh, what's his name from Kentucky? Calipari. Calipari. I don't know why I forget his name. Because they're forgettable. Like, are they, I mean, they're not incredible coaches, I don't think. I mean, no. <laughs> no, <they're not. laughs> I, I, mean I don't watch a lot, but I don't see these players and that, like, 
Marvin Bagley. I go, oh my God, what a talented player. And then I go, how does this guy not know X, Y, and Z? <laughs> so if you yeah. had him for a year, couldn't you buy the drop step. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> drop step and right hand. Yeah. Um, anyway, so you haven't seen James Wiseman. You, you have seen Tom, Tom Steyer ads. And, and you know why I brought that up? Because he's been on TV and they've been criticized for being on TV so much, him and, and Bloomberg. But Steyer, yeah. more, I see like, I feel like 10 Steyer ads to one Bloomberg ad. Uh, and I don't, he, I don't co- see as many Steyers as I used to. I see more Bloomberg I think because there, there was articles about how they're annoying the crap out of people. But it was interesting because Steyer was on the debate stage last night. I thought he did okay. But he's yeah. using the same words and, and kind of catchphrases from his commercials. So I started getting <laughs> PTSD but there's the one of his that's that's about term limits, and it's so random. <laughs> just and it reminded me of our ads cause. I was like, holy moly, you yeah. could just like throw anything in that Tom Steyer ad because he's like, oh, you know what we got to tur- talk about? Term limits. <laughs> it's like what? There could be anything. I got to talk about pecans, and I was like, cause we got to do some more ads for uh, for the network. Can you quit your job, and we could just do some I- ads? Maybe. You, you know what else I've been seeing a lot of, which I think is like the most ridiculous thing ever, is uh, the Domino's Pizza Insurance. <laughs> <laughs> Have you seen that? Yeah, they keep it's going like, with it. And it's like, it was a terrible yeah. idea to begin with. If you have a missing dipping sauce, we're going to come back with a free pizza. Has anybody really? done that? That's a, that's a really good business model. I forgot your one ounce of ranch. So my res- the way to respond to that is giving you a free pizza. Or to file a claim online. <laughs> file a claim online. Like some college kids. Oh. If you're in college, oh my God, I would take advantage of this all day. Oh, yeah. I'd eat three quarters of the pizza and be like, you screwed it up on the way over. Come come, make me another one. Although there is the, the great um, counter to that is that they'll just spit in your food. So. <laughs> It's true. <laughs> if you don't mind a little human waste in your food, it's a great idea. <laughs> I forget the guy who wrote The Invisible Hand. It was something in history that I should have remembered, but that was the great invisible hand of, of the economy right there. Um, mm. Oh, and jewelry ads. I, 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 I can't get enough of those at this time they of year. Ramp up during Christmas and uh, Valentine's Day and Mother's Day. Because so. what you really need to do to keep your wife happy is buy her a thousand dollar piece of jewelry and grovel at her feet, <laughs> and go into debt. That's the best way to show your love is not being able to afford next month's rent mortgage. She's gonna take that and pawn it and go spend it on her date. All right. Anyway. <laughs> uh, so okay. Uh, okay, last night we had a ton of great. Um, you know, big time action in the NBA. You, you got um, Giannis versus the Lakers. Everybody was kind of. What I thought was interesting was like the the takes of declaring that the Bucks are the best team in the NBA based on December basketball. Mm-hmm. That that was. I mean, I guess that's to be expected. It's the NBA. It's the media. Whatever. Um, I, I don't know that I'm going to put that much stock in these games, but um, it was great to see them on the same floor. And it was great to see, like, there was just plays in that game that were just, you don't see them very often. There was the turnover that LeBron threw ahead to Anthony Davis, Davis at the end of the game, and it was a foot race between him and Giannis. And, of course, Giannis doesn't care about getting yammed on. 
And right. you could see Davis in the slow motion pick as he was just racing to the hoop. You know, kind of get a little Cheshire cat smile as he was about mm-hmm. to dunk on him. And I'm like, man, you just don't see that very often. Um, so there was that game. Then there was Houston against the Clippers. And I didn't expect much out of that game. And I didn't even almost expect to watch it. Um, sometimes mm-hmm. I'll just skip if I don't think that there's anything of great value there. But yeah. I didn't skip it. And then I was very pleasantly surprised that, you know, that the Rockets showed up eventually and, and yeah. made it a game and, and kind of gave us a little insight into to possible ways to beat the Clippers. Um, as far as the best team in the NBA goes, you know, what are we talking here? We're, we're, we're talking the two L.A. teams and then we're talking Milwaukee. Are we going to add Philly to that to that mix? Not, not yet. I mean, they're still kind of seem to be the same Philly right now. Um, just kind of not understanding how to execute in key possessions. Um, not really playing that hard, relying on talent and length. So, um, you know, I, I, I don't see it. Um, I don't see it. <laughs> so, uh, I mean, I, I still think. And let's, let's, just, let's discard one more. Boston? They're just too small and they don't have depth. So I just, I mean, that was the one thing that jumped out at me about the Lakers-Bucks game is like that Bucks team's pretty deep. I mean, they're still missing Bledsoe and they just pull, you know, you know, Bledsoe's out. So, okay, we'll just throw DiVincenzo in there, you know, to start. And he had a pretty decent game and, you know, they still got Connington coming off. The, I mean, they just got a lot of players and, and Budenholzer is just really good about just going to who he needs, you know, it's like he's very good at from game to game, you know, and they, they and you could tell that they're a solid team because we've talked about in the past, how, you know, guys expect their minutes and stuff. And, you know, I think he keeps it pretty steady, but, you know, there's not really a, you know, when it comes to fourth quarters and stuff like that, you know, he's going to go with whatever gives him the best chance of win and winning and not everybody does that. So, um, that, that really, their depth really jumped out at me, uh, last night oh um, well yeah their depth is out of control um you know since we're a full reporting news reporting organization over here we'll, we'll dip over to toronto and, and remind the listeners if you haven't gotten to your your computers in a while um they lost half their team yeah. on the basketball yeah, court yes yeah, Gasol's out again now too <laughs> gasol gasol or whatever is left of gasol it's hard to know um if he's just pulling a Joe Ingles who decided for two months he didn't feel like doing anything statistically on the basketball court, doing probably okay just in general, um, just sort of watching the action, Gil Gasol doing the same thing. I don't know that he's um, quite as competitive as, as Ingles is right now, um, but he is out. Norman Powell has a shoulder thing that r- the last shoulder thing kept him out for like six weeks. But the big one was Pascal Siakam. He there was a play and um, I'm forgetting who this was against. Um, it was just the other night. He went uh, racing and sort of uh, got tumbled to the ground in a dunk attempt that I believe was blocked. Um, I just saw the highlight last night and um, whoever it was was escaping me. But he went down hard. He was supposedly fine in the locker room after the game, but now it sounds like he might be out a couple weeks. His status for the Christmas game is up in in, in doubt. So he's out. Uh, Fred Van Vliet has been out. So uh, you got a lot of players out for Toronto. And um, but but when those guys get back, they're not in your 
your competitors group, right? Uh, no, they're a little short. I mean, I don't know that Siakam is quite ready to be a guy that can get you tough buckets game after game after game in the playoffs yet. It's coming, but I don't know if he's there quite this year. They, you know, so they're 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 close. They probably need another another young, you know, good scorer who is versatile. But they're they're good. They're good. I, I wouldn't be shocked. The thing about them and like Miami, they got such good culture there that you know that's where the Phillies like really drop the Philly drop it because you know, they those those teams are gonna play right and they're gonna play hard and they're gonna make a longer series or beat them you know brett brown gets a lot of a pass i feel like like i don't know i don't watch philly every day to know about the little nuances like did he get this rotation right did he get that rotation right but i do look and i see players and maybe this isn't on him in the case of rashawn holmes because that's um you know the colangelos were, were behind a lot of that but you see like markel fultz doing okay you know, over in Orlando, you know, when guys leave teams and then they start doing well, that's to me like question mark time. And when you have guys like Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons, now to Simmons credit, he's been, um, it feels like maybe this is optics. Maybe this is media coverage that he's at least owning a little bit of his stuff. You know, obviously the non-shooting stuff is more of a physical thing, but maybe like I'm going to back off a little bit and let some of these other guys be, um, you know, more prominent within the team, within the offense. Um, I, I think it's going to be interesting to see Brett Brown, um, whether or not he makes it through this. Uh, he's been on the, on the not the edge not, not of, of rumor and innuendo, but he, he's been there before. So it yeah. uh, be, be interesting to see that. And Miami, I'll save my, my thoughts on Miami for um, a little bit later on in the trade discussion because at 20 and 8, they are um, – Somehow they're in third on, on the standing yep. sheet that I'm, I'm looking at, though they're four and a half out, and the Celtics are five games out. But Boston has the higher winning so what? That, that's some weird math. <laughs> Boston has a higher winning percentage. They're five games back, and Miami, okay. I guess it's just math. I won't be afraid. I got accused of being a numbers nerd the other day by one of your old friends, Cause. By one of your old friends. I'm not going to say I don't want that heat. Okay. <laughs> I, don't, I don't want that smoke. Um, okay, so now let's get to the to the main course here. So we had, um, you know, Milwaukee, they, they won last night. And I don't know what thoughts you had from the game. Um, uh, maybe we should get the, those first. Yeah, I thought, and it's a little bit of the same. Um, it happened in the clipper houston game too but you know the, this the terrible shot taking in the nba has made it extremely difficult for teams to finish games or to get themselves back in the games there, were, there was two possessions in the fourth quarter that i thought were pretty telling or there i guess there were stretches and both times the lakers had cut it to single digits and had momentum going and they would you know, the Lakers aren't a very good. I don't care what the numbers say. When you watch them play, they're not a very good defensive team. Okay, so that's that's, it, just, that's fascinating that's just, to me. 
Let's just put that out there. They're not a very good defensive team. Well, well, let me ask you this before you okay, – well, actually, no, t- finish your point. I'm, a, I'm just stepping all over you. Go for it. And so, you know, there was two possessions where they ran a high screen and roll with um, Anthony Davis and LeBron. And the one time Anthony Davis, a below-average shooter, pops out to three and misses it. And, you, and then uh, Milwaukee comes back and takes a, uh, makes a three, so it popped it back up to 11. And I think the next time it was nine – and LeBron uh, kept it, and Davis like popped out and didn't go back down. And then the clock started running down, and so LeBron took a contested three, and it was like, you have two crucial possessions. The two biggest <laughs> guys on the court are out there taking who aren't very good. It's not like it's like Porzingis or something like that. Two poor, I mean, average to below average shooters are taking th- you know bad shots and it's just like, you know, you need a bucket. You know, you need a bucket. That's where you you say. And and actually, the when Davis popped out, it was the right read because the defense had come over, so the rolling to the hoop wasn't gonna necessarily be there. But that's the time where you take your long two. You know, take your sixteen footer right there and get a bucket and keep the pressure on Milwaukee. Instead, he takes a terrible three. They they relax. And Milwaukee's able to come down and get the shot that they want. And it, it's just like, and it happens over and over. You just watch. It's like impossible for a team. That's why the Clippers, the Clippers couldn't blow out the uh couldn't blow out Houston. And, and Houston didn't really play very good defense to get back in that game. Just Clippers just kept taking bad threes. <laughs> so I, it just, it's making it hard to watch, actually. It, you know? Well, and it's you know, it's funny, and we're gonna spin a little to the left here. Um <clears throat> the the question about NBA ratings and the three-point shooting. I, I wonder what the core, um, the what is it? Correlation. The correlation. I wonder yeah. what the correlation is there because, like, that's um, the game. When you when you watch as much as we do, the game is very robotic. Like it's yeah. pick and roll, pick and roll, pick and roll, pick and roll, and that's fine. I like the pick and roll. Um, but you know, with the the defense rules the way that they are, you just you get kind of get the same thing over and over again in these teams that are heavily three-point shooting teams. I mean, it isn't that great to watch um so i'd I'd be interested to see that now what's interesting about what you're saying is actually i thought the guys on um, tnt did a good job of breaking down some of houston's um willingness to go to the long two because of russell westbrook on the floor Mm -hmm. and james harden even if he knows that he needs a bucket like if you're the defense now your coach is preaching to you stop layups and stop threes and that mid-range is there constantly, constantly. And, and especially against drop coverage in, in, in an end against a, a, a big man, you know, you, yeah. you know, that's there. I mean, it's just like, and if you're a good 18 foot jump shooter, I mean, holy moly, like you could be making, and I don't have the numbers of what good NBA 18 foot jump shooters are hitting. Uh, I suspect it's in like the 48, 49, 50% range. Um, right. That's a good shot. You know, and, and the math on that gets bad when you're you're starting to hit that at, you know, 40%. 45 might not even be great against some of the higher-end offenses, but there's a time and a place for everything. That's and the problem, yes. That's the, and, and sometimes you have to get that shot to go <clears throat> in order to get the defense to react. Um, but what I find interesting about the Lakers and why I was, you know, in the, the, the broader discussion of are they – what or where do they rank in these top teams? Their defense 
you know, theoretically, and their size, theoretically, see, to me seems like it could be a, an overwhelming characteristic for the other teams, you know, that they might not be able to get around that size. But at the same time, as Anthony Davis is getting Defensive Player of the Year, he's the odds-on favorite right now for Defensive <laughs> Player of the Year. Um, minus 117 were the odds. Uh, Dan Vespers was on the VEASAN show the other day, so that's why I knew that. Um, and then Rudy Gobert is actually next at minus 300, and then the rest of the candidates are double digits in odds. So those two guys are far out in front of everybody. But, like, I watch Anthony Davis play defense, and I'm like, what are you guys seeing? Yeah, yeah. And, and it's, you know, I think because of the, again, the – we're not going to shoot a mid-range jumper. Guys are so like robotic and driving because they have to get a layup or a three. And then you're down there and there's no plan and there's no movement off the ball. Guys are just spotting up. So they, these guys get in the no man's land down there and then it's easy blocks for Davis and McGee. Mm. So it's really, I mean, you're seeing, in my opinion, when I watch basketball and I keep hearing about these great defenses, I really just see a lot of really, really, really poor offensive play. Mm. And when you have, you know, I mean, length is always going to be great. You know, that's fine. So the Lakers got that. But I look at, you know, everyone's like, saying, oh, you know, LeBron's in shape. He's really playing defense. Not really. <laughs> Not really <laughs> at all, actually. Like he's doing this. He's doing more chase down blocks this year, which is, I guess, the only thing that matters on defense. But, you know, you're, you're triggering me right now, cause <laughs> you're triggering really- Triggering me because this is like a pet topic of mine. Finish your thought, and I'll try not to rant. I see, um, you know, uh, Caldwell Pope seems to have regressed for really no reason at all on defense. Um, And it's it's so it's I I don't see this. If you get a team that's willing to go deep into the clock like Milwaukee was last night, you you can get to get some wide open shots against the Lakers because they just I mean especially when McGee and Davis are on the floor together. With, with with LeBron. Those are just three guys that really aren't going to move their feet. They're not going to go, you know, they're not going to chase guys the entire width of the floor for 20 seconds. So as long as you're willing to move the ball and move your body, you're going to get some open shots. Now, the good thing for the Lakers is not a lot of teams are willing to do that. So, so you know, the, you know, I guess it, I guess it doesn't really matter what I think about their defense. My rant is this. I got to get this off my chest. It's the optics of, which is apparently the word of the day, it's the optics of like a chase down block or whatever the defensive play that the player makes. Like people get so hung up on that and it's one freaking play. Like yeah. you're, you, you might have that play. This, this is, I mean, I know this is mind blowing and, and I'm speaking directly to the coverage of Corey Joseph and the Manja B elites defense in Sacramento. Both these guys will make a play or two or maybe three, yeah. sometimes even four. I mean, and it's like, you get the, the, the home announcer, you know, guy, just as nice as I can put that will go crazy over these plays. And then there's the, gets beaten 10 times on closeouts, you know, then, then there's gets discarded easily by middle of the road, offensive guard, you know, and, 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 and and it's the stuff that if I know you're going to get beat easily, cause you keep crashing over the top of the pick and roll, no matter what, you know, and it's, you know, or you get stuck on the screen every single time, no matter what, like I now have to, I have to plan for that. I have to get, 
over two steps instead of just one step. And now all of a sudden I can't cover the other thing. And yeah. it's just, it's detrimental to the defense. So that's my rant is like, there are multiple plays in a basketball game and the four you did well on, you need to have four less than four bad ones in yeah. order for it to be a good defensive game. Absolutely. I mean, there was a play last night. It was, I think it was the third and the fourth. Robin Lopez, it was a, he, got, he got isolated on Le, LeBron, got isolated with Robin Lopez. And Robin moved his feet. He, kept a, he, he really played the distance well where he was back, but he's got the lengths. Right? He forced LeBron into a, a pretty tough pass that, you know, hit off of a guy and it went out of bounds. I'm like, that's a great defensive play by Robin Lopez. There was no block. There was no steal. But he had, you know, an MVP candidate in front of him. He kept him in front of him and got the guy to almost throw a turnover, and they got to reset their defense. You know, no one, when you watch coverage, no one's going to be like, dude, like, let, let me show you this Robin Lopez, you know, him just moving his feet and understanding angles. But that's what good defenses do. That's what good defensive players do. And it's, it's, it's pretty, like, it's pretty funny. They actually did mention it. Like, Reggie and them did say, like, Oh, you know, it's really good when you got centers that could, you know, move their, you know, when they switch could actually, you know, do. So they did acknowledge it really briefly, but in general, you don't hear that a lot. I, I would just like to think that he's talking really weird trash to LeBron at that time. Well, he was mic. Did you hear him? <laughs> oh, he was. He was. No, I didn't. I, I had the. I usually watch these games with the sound off, which uh-huh. is a great ringing endorsement for the TNT coverage. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, which, he was. He was Mike last night, and it's just his voice is so funny. He's, and he's all he does is go around and, and say hi to people. He's like, "Hey, bud, how are you doing?" So on the other team, that, that's what he does. He's, he's the like, mayor. Hey, how, are how you doing? And that's and that weird Muppet voice. Well, <laughs> so. well, let's let's turn this big boat here because like the Lakers defense. So basically, we're saying it's a little bit of a paper tiger. You look at their differential; they're leading the league, I think, the West at least. Yeah, the league. Nope, Milwaukee's differential is better. Um, so, I mean, defensively, the numbers look great and, um, they're going to come up against these, these higher end teams. And what we saw last night was Milwaukee win. Um, now with Milwaukee, I'll tell you, I I love Giannis, you know, just as a superstar player, it doesn't get much better. There was a story that came out about Jared Dudley, who's pretty, I think, um, qualified, you know, as a journeyman vet in a locker room. Now he's not going to ever say bad things. I don't think about players, but he talked about his time with Giannis early on. And he's like, that guy never left the gym. Yeah. Uh, and and that might actually be my one criticism of Giannis is that he's gotten so big. And <laughs> <clears throat> I mean, even his ads now feature him lifting weights, you know, <laughs> like doesn't that scream like athletes like what do you want the ad to be about well if i could lift a couple jbl speakers (laughs) that would be sweet um but like he shoots the basketball like a shot put and his free throw percentage is down so while he made five threes last night um that's great sign but like is he getting fluid in his shooting motion does he have the touch with the shot that's to me what gets a defense to respect you um yeah, I'm concerned still. Just I'm just still I, concerned, you know. I, I I don't. I think there's a disconnect, and I don't. That's the one criti- criticism of Busenholder. I would I would say is like the idea that he can like take the ball off the court and go down. I believe down you and, just called him Busenholder, by the way. I'm just I'm just uh-huh. I'm just saying. <laughs> go on. 
the, the idea that he gets down a hill on guys and he's just devastating, and that's fine, but I think I would like to see him moved around the court more, and I would like to see, you know, some action that's a lot like, you know, the, you know, the little, you know, the, the, the cross screen that mm-hmm. the Jazz do to bring, to bring him across the block more or some more pin downs where he rolls and catches the ball in 15. And I, and I think that because catching and shooting is such a like, it's something that you can improve on without really getting better at the actual act of shooting. You know, because when you're in a gym and you have some guy that you're paying money to rebound for you and you're just walking, you're just kind of cruising around the three-point line and he's passing you the ball and you're shooting it, like, you can just get better at it, you know? But that doesn't have anything to do with, like, taking the ball off the dribble. It, You know, a lot of guys probably don't work on, you know, sprinting the length of the floor and stopping, you know, on a dead stop to catch and shoot a three. So it's it's kind of like... Because his shot still looks horrible, but he's he's working on it. So it has in it, it's just dropping, but it's still not a shot that I think is when pressure is on and it's more highly contested that he can count on. So um, I, mean, I agree. Isn't that the essence of offense and defense, though? Like if you don't think that he can count on it, so what are you going to do? You know, you're going right. to pl- you're going to play him to shoot and. Yeah. Until that changes, then it's still going to be like the defense. It's practically, you know, five guys with a foot in the paint, you yeah. know? And, and yeah. so I, I, watching it, I had no problem with Anthony Davis's defense on those. I was like, man, eh, you know, if you just tip your hat, if you know, he keeps, he's winning, like stay where you are, let him shoot. And, you and, know? and to your point no. about Giannis with the, the way that they're deployed, that's exactly why I have a problem with the Bucks. Like okay. it's, it really is that it's, I watch him stand at the top of the key, sort of dribbling and probing. And I, I just think <clears throat> that's not going to work, you know? Right. And, and so I look at the rest of the Bucks roster and you're right. You go down the list, you're excited about a lot of them. Yeah. Um, you, you go, well, yeah, those guys will have a lot of depth and they will have guys that know how to play in the playoffs. And they got all this kind of this treasure chest of that even, but then I come back to that. Like, are they going to get him on the move? You know, and, and it's funny, you know, I'll bring it always back to Sacramento Kings, but like they're playing slow right now. And they got these guys like Buddy Heald, who doesn't have a great handle. But when everybody's moving, you know, then he becomes really hard to cover because he doesn't have to face that set defense. And it's, in, it's that, but in a half court for these guys. Yeah. He has to the, the the pin down idea is a good one, you know. Even a, like a flare screen, sure he's not going to shoot, but now you got a guy chasing him, you know, yeah. and and now he can turn the corner really easily. So I'd like to see more of that stuff. And and I guess then, where do you stand on the Bucks versus the Lakers? Because we'll then bring in the Clippers of this discussion right after that. Um, where do you stand on on which team you think is currently the best in the NBA? Uh, probably Milwaukee. I just think they have more room for error because of their depth. I think they play better defense, um, and they're hungrier. So that that's kind of um, you know, then the even the Clippers. I think the the Clippers too are you know 
they, they need to work a little bit. I think they'll be fine because of the mentality of a lot of those players, but they have some size issues that I don't like also um, that could come up down the road that will that will negate some of their depth. Um, so we'll yeah. see. Well, let's talk about those clips. So last night they um, they were just cruising against the Rockets, and then that was actually when I almost turned the game off and yeah. and thought this was not worth watching, you know. Um, after that thought, then you started to see them really let up defensively, like right. the whole, whole lot of them. And Houston just rattled off like 12, 14 points in a row. And then it was a ball game. After that, you just started to see, um, like you'd said earlier, a lot of just bad threes that really weren't kind of, you know, the, the type of shot that you would want. And then they got into a dog fight. Yeah. Um, and Houston has this sort of, if they get hot, you know, they can then make you pay. And, yeah. and that to me was what happened. And then the game got chippy and I thought, yeah. where was this, you know, <laughs> yeah. earlier in the game. And that is just like, I guess an interesting sort of subcurrent with this, uh, Clippers team is they've got, you know, Pat Beverly, who almost is like. He's like kind of like Rondo in a way that that the antics to me are starting to become more <laughs> than the actual product itself. Oh yeah, oh yeah, definitely. That's no doubt about I, that. They were playing like, Russell's must... clip about how he was not a good defender, and and it got me thinking: like, is he a good defender? <laughs> I think he's a on he's... the higher side. I would say he's above low average. Side of good. He's a low side of good. I mean, he's a he can be a B minus just because he understands leverage and angles and stuff like that. But he's like far from the guy that used to just lock up Steph Curry and make him shoot, you know, 10% lower every single time that they played, you know, he's not that dude anymore. Um, but I, they, that was an interesting game. And I thought what was interesting about the, uh, about it's Houston, Houston is that, They'll quit on defense, but they're never going to stop shooting. So if you relax, that's how they can get back into these games. Like they just, like you said, if they get hot, like they they will let you, if you're willing, you got a 15 point lead, you come out and you say, hey, for the first like seven minutes, we're going to run our set super tight. When when we get a turnover, we're, every five guys are going to be sprinting down the court. You that That's when you blow Houston out. No problem. You're going to blow them out. But if you if you're just gonna go through the motions, Houston's gonna focus on offense. James Harden's James Harden's gonna shoot the ball <laughs> and do his best to score and every single time. So if you relax there, that's when they get back in the game. And I thought there was there was two like really tough layups in a row that Russell Westbrook hit, and that's when they decided we're not gonna cover Russell Westbrook at all. And I was like, "What are you doing? Like, those are the th- those are the two shots that are going to get him going, and you guys now decided that you're just going to let it go." So, um, the, the, yeah, I, was, I would like it, to it was add the Rockets. Funny. You know, I'm always pretty down on the Rockets, like annually, <laughs> and um, but I would like to add them to the like, puncher's chance category because they they got their 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 supporting guys. I just like the way that they I mean PJ Tucker obviously he's no longer I think a surprise to anybody he was for a while. Um right. but but House, 
you know, like as far as like you need a guy to fill out the end of the roster because you had to take on Russell Westbrook's contract because you first paid Chris Paul. Yeah. Um, and Clint Capella, you know, for that yeah. that matter. Um, but House. The big man they got uh, who I thought was played decent in little sparry minutes. Um, Tyson Chandler. No, I'm kidding. Um, yeah. Well, him too. For five minutes, he was good. <laughs> yeah. He did get a patented Tyson tip out. Um, no, they had Isaiah Hartenstein. Um, he yes. didn't play last night, but Gary Clark. Um, you know, the list gets pretty thin after that. Um, but yeah, no, they 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 got if they don't get hurt, those two guys, Tucker and House. If those guys aren't there, all bets are off to me. Um, yeah. But like Westbrook. He's finally sort of approaching this like the late stage OKC Westbrook territory where he can get you the kinds of numbers that you saw last night. And it was unclear for a bit to me if he was going to get there. You know, early in the yeah. year, he didn't have the explosion. And, I, and I've always said if he loses athleticism, he's never going to know what to do. And so he's getting that back. I mean, I don't trust it at, at all. But there is some puncher's chance, you know, with those guys if they get hot. But well, let's set that aside. Let's talk Clippers and figure out if they're, you know, where they rank in, in, in the, the pecking order with these teams. Paul George is back. Um, we've seen enough of them together, him and Kawhi. Um, Lou Williams, Montrez Harrell. Um, these guys are averaging, you know, 19 points per game or more each. So they, they kind of have the scoring component down um they've got great role players like Landry Shamit I think started to show a lot of his value last night um Beverly of course and then the size issue um but but quickly on on the Kawhi uh component I wonder about his explosion now he looks a little slow to me and I don't I mean I I think that he's playing the long game I mean I think even late in that run last year, um, when he was <laughs> clearly limping, he still had some posterizing dunks and stuff. I just don't think you're going to see – I think he's so efficient. I don't think you're ever going to see regular season a game where he's just flying around, you know, filling the lane hard. I just don't think you're going to see it. I don't, I don't think you'll ever see that again. Um, so I think he's he's probably he's definitely lost a step, but I think he's lost probably two to three steps because he wants to, um, you know, and then he's going to just try to be efficient in the half court. You know, when they when they got to a back and forth and you saw him start going more to the mid range and, you know, setting guys up and taking shots that way, which was nice. But I, I just think the days of like where he's going to be like locking a guy up, you know, stealing you know, blocking a shot and it goes to someone else. He's going to fly down the court to get the, the, that's just not, I just don't ever see that happening. Again. I'm glad that, he's on a good team that, that can win a championship. You're not going to see him do that. Yeah. I'm you know? glad that you, that somebody like, I just needed to confirm that with my own, oh, sure. yeah. with somebody else that I trust. Like if he has lost a tiny step or not, um, not that I think it matters. Um, it, that's the thing. It, it might not matter. <laughs> you know? No, no, not when you can palm a basketball like it's like a tennis ball or something and uh, do what he does. He's a he's another great example of the mid-range game working out. Um, so you got the Clippers. I think we've seen enough of them now to kind of know what they might be. 
where do they stand in your pecking order? I would, I mean, right now I would still go with Milwaukee, but I still feel confident in my pick that they're going to be holding the trophy just because I think they have enough guys that understand their roles and who are probably a, a step better, you know, than the guys in um, in Milwaukee. Like, I, I think, like, you know, at the top, they're better with Kawhi and Paul George as opposed to Giannis. And then... Can you imagine if they had gotten Rashawn Holmes? If who? The Clippers. I mean, you'd probably be good. (laughs) (laughs) You you ain't sold. I know. I know. Um, Well, because my my next step in the thinking, though, is like if you're if you're, he'd be a lot better for them than he would for the Kings. I mean, I mean, he he would really be able to shine defensively more so. Well, they'd let him play. That's I mean, impact. I know, I'm not definitely not taking the show hard right on that, but oh. the, uh, the, the the but the thing with them is like at the trade deadline, what big man can they get? Which is kind of I feel like Zubac has done good for what Zubac is, but like can they find a, like a big man to give some give them some size? Because then at that point, do you even consider betting against them? Yeah, no, they they but I, yeah, they need another big desperately. I think because I think. Yeah, I, he's fine, but then he gets exposed defensively a lot on the perimeter. And like last night, actually played pretty bad, um, which was really weird. Like the one thing you should be able to count on is Zubat shooting, you know, sixty five percent. You know, when he gets it, I think he was at one point he was like one for eight or something like that. And that's just not. Um, he's just he can't do that. Like. He he cannot miss easy Zubat shots, you know. That's that's a detriment. So, um, well, especially I, against the Lakers. I mean, their size is their calling card. That's right. what gives me a little bit of pause in this question. I would like to say it's the Clippers overwhelmingly. No, but, it's not overwhelming. Right. Yeah. So so those two are tight. If you had a gun to your head, which one do you pick? You still picking the Clippers? Yeah. Okay, so we got the Clippers, and then you think that the that the Bucks are. Uh, a cut above them right now, it sounds like, or slightly, not much. But I mean, in the just... playoffs, you would bet on the Clippers. I would. I would. Can I ask you another leading question? <laughs> I'm laughing at my own jokes. Okay, let's scratch um, trade talk off the list yeah. here. Uh, you're, the names, though, for those who are, who are listening, it was Demar Derozan, which isn't that surprising. Um, the name that was good was Drew, Drew Holiday, and. <laughs> Um, man, talk about a player that teams are going to want. He's got two years on his deal, $53 million, uh following this season. That's a great deal for him. And yes. I'm kind of shocked that New Orleans is marketing him, but maybe not because, you know, they can rebuild and go through a full tank, I guess. A yeah. full tank of gas of, uh, you know, Zion. God, man, your prediction about Jaw possibly being better than Zion looks better by the day. <laughs> Uh, I don't want to throw any fire or fuel on that fire. Um, so uh, the all or no, not the all white team. The because uh, I, I literally listed all the white players in the NBA on my note sheet here. Um, so we don't have much time, so we can't really dive into the deepness of this topic. But um, it was you know you got me thinking. Like I I thought that the white player or the Anglo-Saxon player, you know, like was doing okay. You know, like you, you got some of these bigger names, Nikola Jokic, 
You know, I think a lot of people will think Kristaps Porzingis when they start thinking, you know, unicorn type players. Mm-hmm. Um, the one that I've been impressed with is Aaron Baines. Um, just Baines being good. able, really good, yeah. Being able to like hit, like I don't think people realize how good he is. The, his ability to slide at that size is, to me, it's like I don't see many guys doing that. Um, so he's been really good. Um, but then I've just listed like all these players that aren't from America. Right. <laughs> so, that's, that's the question. Luka Doncic, you know, it's, that's the biggest one, obviously. I, I, He's probably going to be an MVP one of these years. Yeah. You know, yeah. Like, so, and, and so your mind probably goes, right. So, well, they play professionally when they're young. Um, there's soccer I, influence. All of that. Yes. I mean, that's, that's very much, but it, it's kind of weird that, you know, I mean, I guess outside of Gordon, I guess Gordon Hayward, I guess, would be the best, right? White American player. You're cool. I, he's, yeah. I, I mean, let me uh, ask, is Vucevic I, 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 an American? Because I know he plays for Montenegro internationally. Who? Nikola Vucevic. Because uh, I know he he went to, what, USC? I don't know. I, oh, you think maybe he was brought up here? Maybe. And then I had a question mark about Jacob Pertle or Jakob Pertle. I think Jakob Pertle is an American. You know, because the Olympics, they make up all these rules where Americans can go play for if you if your great, great, great grandfather's niece was from Trinidad and Tobago, you can be you can represent them in the Olympics, you know. (laughs) So it's like you really just because you see a guy playing, you know, for another country, it doesn't really mean that they're. I I have a question. (laughs) Question. Lopez, the Lopez twins. Are they white? Yeah. Are they Mexican? I don't know. I don't know. I, I believe that they're Mexican. They're like the tallest I mean, I, I, Mexican. I <laughs> that's like I, a Guinness. <laughs> I don't know. That's a good question. That is a good question. But it was, you know what brought, because I've was, I was been like, for whatever reason, I've been being hit with a lot of Rick Barry lately, you know, and I've been uh, like, that, that, been like my, I, my thoughts and prayers to you, sir. <laughs> I like Rick Barry. I like, I like Rick Barry. I'm a Rick Barry guy. As long as he's not admonishing the crowd, I'm, I'm pretty good with <laughs> Actually, I'm not good with him at all. I can't stand but, him uh, up here. But he, you know, but uh, and that's kind of where it sits. You either like him or you don't. But you know, he was a really good player. You know, he was a you know a classic, you know, top six, of the league six, guy. Yeah, top of the league guy. Six seven, long arms, can run and jump, shoot the ball. You know, and then like you know, I've been seeing Larry Bird a lot lately for whatever reason. I don't know why these two guys have been coming into my peripheral a lot, and I'm like. And I'm just wondering, is it, are they, is that, that kind of athlete, are they choosing other sports? Like what, like what? I started thinking the same thing. I try to figure it out. Baseball. Is it baseball? But who in baseball can you, do you see? That fits the mold. Yeah. It's the mold in that six, five, six, seven. Well, you said Connaughton earlier and and he played in the NBA over over baseball. Oh yeah, and he decided to go to the NBA because the NBA is so much better. I mean, like, it's a better better league. Yeah, it's a much. I mean, you could make a lot more money as a a bench guy in the NBA than you could as a star in football. (laughs) You know, right? Yeah, and I started asking, "What about football?" That didn't add up. 
But then, uh, you know, there's some guys that you that you see with the freakish, like you know, like JJ Watt. You know, he could he's like 290 and he could jump like you could do like a six foot box jump or something crazy like that. But it's like he's also only like six five. So you're like, but maybe if you take off, you know, 50 pounds, I guess. I mean, you know, who are you know? I just I just don't know why it's all this, the person's all of a sudden gone. You know why that this really, list. really, really good white American player? Because people like like this be lazy and say like, oh, well, you know, it's just because you're not as good as black athletes. It's like, well, but no, look, I don't look. think that flies. I, I, I mean, I, I, fly at all. <laughs> there are some really athletic white players out there. Um, a couple that you know that. I mean, DiVincenzo, Tyler Hero. Okay. Yeah, like yeah. these two are are maybe the younger. Hell, Caruso, man. Did, did that guy go and just work out all summer? His arms are massive. Um, Blake Griffin was on my list. Isn't he half white? I don't know. I don't think so. I think he's, I think, and I could be wrong, I believe he is Native American and black. I believe. Well, that doesn't count then. Well, it wouldn't have counted anyway. I, I mean, there's, it, it's, I'm, and then I started wondering, we're close the show on this amazing topic. Um, the, who has been the best white player since Larry Bird? It's a good one. I don't know. I mean, it's like, I mean, Kevin McHale played with Bird. Yeah, no, no, no. You're talking about like... Like, like since in the more modern era. In the more modern era? I don't know. And, and I mean, I that's a, a good question. I, I, had a, I just had a, like a little mental, you know, kind of like roadblock. I was like, I, this was like Thunder Dan. <laughs> Thunder Dan Marley, yeah, I like I don't know. Like I mean, you know, look like some like you know Mike Miller got Rookie of the Year. It looked like he was going to be moving that direction, but then he had a bunch of injuries, and uh, yeah, you know, like Jay, I, you know, White Chocolate, you know, but he despised defense and just wasn't really, you know, he never really got there. I, I, I don't know, like Hayward. who's that guy? That's, I mean, it might be Gordon Hayward. Well, Kevin it Love came on. Kevin Love was on the list. He was, yes. Yes. But, you know, he's never been a top. I'm talking about a guy that's a top 10. Yeah, I know. Yeah. No. And I understand there's a, and, the, and things have changed. I mean, obviously, the league is much more open to the world and scouting's better. I mean, all but, that. But you have the European players. Yeah. That's the big question mark about it. And that's that's it, why it's a yes. And I keep coming back to like soccer, but that doesn't add up at all in my head. Like I go, I go, well, let me play soccer. Okay. No, that doesn't add up. Like there's nothing there. Um, it's an interesting conversation because I, I think that there are plenty of white athletes, but sure, it's not translating and i'm not seeing them in other sports so we'll have to figure that out it's a question for another day but uh this is the kind of thing that will change the world if we figure it you know, out if you, if you figure out why there is no longer any top line white american born star basketball players well we're solving the big problems cause this is the kind of thing you know where we can get rid of all the think tanks of the world People will have to stop donating their money to charity because this will help in a, such a positive way. Well, you know, we, we, we could also just put Tom Steyer on it. <laughs> or can... put Tom 
Tom Steyer at it. He, he could make an ad. You know, pecans. What a problem. Yeah. All right, that'll do it. Thank you, Cause. It's been great. I, I've, I've very much enjoyed this. I hope we can keep this up. Uh, you can follow us yeah. online. Might as well. www.twitter.com slash K-O-Z-A-N-D-B-R-U show where we haven't tweeted in approximately four years or facebook.com slash K-O-Z-A-N-D-B-R-U show or at hoop-ball.com where there's all sorts of stuff going on. Another one's in the books, Kaz. Peace. Peace.